Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Well, you know what? It's a late one, but it's all worth it when the li- when the Reds are hot fire and firing on all cylinders. Five nil, three assists for Trent Alexander Arnold, three um, two assists for Robertson, two goals for Sadio Mane. But anything our strikers can do, our defenders can do too. Two for Virgil Van Dijk and Divock just scoring for shits and giggles. It is a Nina Calder show. We just hammered Watford five nil, and we are live on Discord and. We have some awesome, awesome people joining us today. Let me introduce my guests to you first. First up, it is the co-host of the Desi podcast. It's Harinda Singh. Harinda, welcome to the show. Hello. How are How you? That? I'm very good. I've had an extremely crappy day at work, only to be made extremely happy by the time I've come home, played with the kids, and then watched this absolutely glorious team do this to Watford of all people. Absolutely. Well, there's some chat going on there and uh, Rowan seems to think you have a very calm voice. I have to agree, even more so when the Reds are like that. And joining Harinda, you've heard him many times on the podcast. It is the co-host of the Transfer Podcast and um, you heard him a few weeks ago on the Premier League preview podcast. It is the awesome Tadeva Chanikara. Tadeva, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Great result to to come on to. I was a bit nervous coming on tonight, but um, the boys played well today. I'm not going to lie, you know, I was a bit worried when Gag said you're going to be um, a guest on the show because I thought your missus might make you watch the Spurs game. Oh, we, we split screen. I had the ah. laptop, she had the full-on... She had the full-on TV, but to be fair, their you game got was, the result. Was, yeah, her game was on BT Sports, so we got yes. to watch that one on the big screen, and I have the little laptop, but um, she kept um, sneaking onto my screen. And, Did she? Yeah, our game was way more exciting than theirs. Yeah. Absolutely. I believe there was some, some comedy, um, there was a comedy goal in there. I'll have to watch that in later time. But anyway, we do have one caller, and um, he was on my last show, and he sounded so upset and uh, genuinely, our Discord um, listeners were like, is he okay? Is he okay? Because he is a man that is so happy and so upbeat. He's a man that needs no introduction. It's Kwesi Davis. Kwesi, welcome back. I hope you're happier. I hope you're upbeat. you got to be after that result. Yeah, man, I've been upbeat all day. All day I went to, <laughs> I went to work today with um, a Liverpool shirt underneath my coat and all sorts of things. I just had a feeling about today, so I'm I'm glad that my superstition paid off. Amazing, good stuff, good stuff. Well, to, um, Kwesi, you're calling in. I'm sure you've got a really, really intelligent question because I know you, and you always get us thinking. And it's late, so please fire away. All right. So my question is about Origi. Have we? managed to rehabilitate him in some ways um we know he's a he's a weird character uh, in that he's huge he's a unit yet he doesn't hold up the ball very well it doesn't stick he's mm. actually quite good at running the channels he's decent at pressing when he has the ball he likes to run at people as well and from the left side of the area he's he's actually pretty lethal and we know that from mm-hmm. that part of the era, he can finish both feet. So, have we found a niche for him? Because he, 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 I don't think he'll ever work as a center forward for us, mm-hmm. to be honest. 
And so that's my question. Well, it's a good question. And Harinda, I'm going to come to you first on this one, because um, I think what we've got to do first and foremost is kind of discuss um, Origi's performance, right? And I think when he's when he when he was announced on the team sheet, I think there was a lot of angst amongst local support saying, why have you gone for him instead of Shakiri? the usual, when the team's announced and, you know, there's a player that you don't want. But, um, you know, he, he had a lot of shots on goal today. He was really trying. He didn't hide. And I think, you know, Kwesi is absolutely spot on. I thought he, um, in the second half, he looked better to me. I felt like he had more involvement in the game. I felt like he wasn't afraid to try taking the shots. I mean, two, just like, um, he had two that kind of ricocheted off him at the defender's head in the second half. But, not even that. One thing that really impressed me, aside from all, you know, his um, his input in, in a creative sense was he was actually taking the ball from deep and running. I hear you. Are you asking me or are you telling me? No, I mean, I just want to get your <laughs> thoughts. I mean, I think, you know, is is that where I, we play him now? Could he be a wide oh, forward for us? No, I, I think it gets even more simplistic than that. The very first time I had a hot date, or no, second time I had a hot date with Cam Branch, was in a hotel room in Dusseldorf. And we'd gone to see Borussia Dortmund against Liverpool. Mm. And there was a bit of a shock on the cards when people saw that Divakarigi was starting. Mm. And he scored. Yeah. And Klopp probably thought to himself, well, they're playing a similar kind of colour. He'd probably think he's at Dortmund away again. Divi, up you get. Come on, lad. And... That may be quite jovial and jokey in regards to what I think about Diba Karigi, but truth be told, he's always been really good at this, especially what you guys said. Um, sorry, the question is from uh, Kwesi in regards to playing the channels and making those right runs. Yeah, The problem used to be when he used to make those runs and then get stuck in a cul-de-sac kind of way in the corners and not get out of them. And he wasn't really doing that today. Uh, there was a purpose, there was an intelligence, there was a view. He knew exactly what his role was going to be. And he slotted right in to help tear apart this Watford side. I think it was absolutely fantastic by him today. Really, really good performance. And it just goes to show that whatever we may think of Divock, Klopp sees him in a different light. And obviously in training, he must be showing something more than the others in regards to the Swiss Army knife that I suppose Klopp wants him to beat at times. And today, he was the perfect tool to deliver what Klopp wanted in that position. In my opinion, Mm. as humble as it is. I like Origi, you know, there is endeavour there. There's always Mm -hmm. has been. And even like when he came on against Manchester United at the weekend on Sunday, it wasn't, it didn't go beyond me that he was actually able to run past their defenders and get beyond and try and do something. Um, even when he came on, I think it was what against uh, West Ham. If only he bloody fucking finished though when he got the chance, <laughs> that would have been quite nice, Dewick. Um But uh, he's there. He's asking the questions, and today he asked the questions, and he got a goal. Yeah, I have to agree. He he looked really hungry. And Tadeev, I'm going to come to you. But before I come to you, obviously there's some chat in in the Discord group, and obviously you can feed off them as well. Um, Rowan says if he had a choice to keep um, uh, keep one between him and Sturridge, he would keep Origi. Um, Ollie Chuck LFC says he was looking the same. He's looking back to his old self again. Of course, we're talking about before he obviously had that horrific injury against Everton all those years ago. All those years years ago, and um, yeah, um, a lot of people seem to be very impressed with Divock Origi. Um, I thought he 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 was very very good today. Um, I want to get your thoughts on what did you make of his performance, and you know, Kwesi's thoughts about maybe he is far more effective out on the left because um he certainly seemed to have a lot of joy there. Yeah, I, I think I'll start with Kwesi's comment mm. in saying he, he was quite effective on the left, and I think of all of our front players, obviously Firmino would be in that conversation in that Origi doesn't mind doing the hard work. He doesn't mm. mind work. You could see even in the the later stages of the game, he was the one tracking back and putting in some vital tackles. I think I think it was either in between the 80th and 90th minute, I remember distinctly seeing him making a challenge at the left-back position. You know, as naturally a striker, number nine, that, that really endears you to the fans and it's really something we want to see from from our players, especially in the club system. So I was really happy that not only that he scored, but he was showing the effort that is required to play in, in, in our team. 
And then also, I think, because I made a note myself, um, I was just making notes as, as the game was going on, and I was, one of the notes I made was that Origi put in a shift. Um, when when I saw this team sheet, and I'm sure with a lot of the the Liverpool fans, we all thought it meant Origi down the middle. Yes. And Mane was the one on the left. Mm. And to trust Origi to play on that left and also to, to have to come back, you know, it, Watford are, are renowned for relying on their fullbacks to come up the pitch. So he had to be very disciplined in that game. And I was really impressed with him, not only going forward, but also coming back especially. So that was really nice to see. And in terms of him as a player in general, um, I've, I've, I've never had a problem with Origi. I thought he had a really, really um, harsh assessment of his time at Liverpool. If you look at the two major seasons that he had with us, um, both season he scored double digits in goals, whereas he's the one that went out on loan. But the the likes of the Ings and the Solanke stayed, and and they never even scored more than five goals in a season for us. I don't think. So I, I always thought it was unfair for for him to be singled out and for him to be sent out on loan and stuff. He's shown many times in a club system that if he's played, he's gonna score goals or he's going to contribute and. I thought he was credit to himself today in, in a game where maybe he was highlighted more than other games. You, you're replacing effectively a Roberto Firmino, who is a crucial part of this team. And it allowed money to, to shine as well, which, which was really nice to see. So I'm, I'm happy for him. And Sturridge is still one of my favorite Liverpool players. Um, he always will be, regardless of, you know, the, the injuries that he has had. But for Origi to step up, having seen, you know, the performance of Sturridge this, this past weekend, which obviously wasn't as favorable as people would have wanted or expected. I, th- I think it's credit to him. He's still a very young player. I think he can still be molded. Um, I know people are speaking now whether he can start becoming the left winger or the striker. You look at Martial at Man United, he can play both roles. He can be a striker or a winger. Um, and Origi has the tools um, to to do both of those roles, and we certainly have a manager that's capable of cultivating that from him. So I don't think we should limit him. And I, I would say I'll I'll be happy to keep him, and and let's see what Klopp can do with him because he, he's got the raw potential. Right, lads. I'm going to ask you a quick question. There's a question here from Steve Pizza, and he wants to know with um, the game coming up against the Ev, do do does Roberto Firmino walk straight in, or do we do we keep um, uh, Di Bocarigi and keep the front three as they as they are? And Harinda, I'll let you answer this one because I know you're going to mention the goal, and he has some joy against them. So, um, guys, just answer it for me real quickly, and then we'll let Kwesi have the final say. Sorry, Steve Pizza. I've got to go with my man, Bobby. If you're saying to me, am I going to go for Bobby Firmino over Diva Karigi, I'm going to go for Bobby Firmino. Fair enough. Okay, no, um, I think that's pretty fair. And what about yourself, um, Tadiva? I'm going to cause some tension and I'm going to pick a Riggy. Purely, purely because of... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Herinda. But purely because of the injury type that Firmino had, mm-hmm. rolling that ankle, it's it's not something that you can get over, you know, a couple of days. And if he plays this weekend, I'm assuming he's going to play with some sort of hindrance. And Origi is playing well. He's enjoying himself in the team. And the team just played a game where he was a part of the team and, and a focal point, we can say, in the team. And he played well. Keep him in the team. He's got a history with Everton of playing well. Um, I, I don't think we should be rushing Firmino back, especially when we don't necessarily have a crisis in the team. If we hadn't scored today, maybe it would have been a, a different conversation. Yeah, there's no pressure on Roberto Firmino yet, is there, in the sense that, you know, Divock Origi stepped up today. So I, yeah. I see where you're coming from. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, it's, it's, based, it's not based on, you know, talent and involvement in the team, just purely based on the injury that Firmino had and knowing that type of injury. I think the longer you can keep him off of the pitch and not have to force him back in, um, the better, in my opinion. We don't want a Jesse Lingard in, basically. Or even Harry Kane. You yeah. can see the West Spurs are playing now. Son mm. is, is a ghost now. <laughs> 
Oh. Uh, but yeah, but Klopp was really confident in regards to Firmino, right? If it was kind of like a little bit doomy gloomy, he probably would have said, "Oh yeah, he's you know, not going to have him tonight." But then, Klopp, not really but, but then, but, 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 but then, on the flip side to that, weren't they all like positive and upbeat about um, Gomez, and then they drop a clanger? So, are we yeah. really going to believe everything what the manager said? Was he's it not- was it a week? No, it was, was his con- no straight question. Yes, no. No, no it probably wasn't a week, but he, we were told that he would be back a lot quicker. We were also told the same about Oxley Chamberlain. Um, uh, I, I just but feel there were like different kinds of injuries. Yeah, I think but, it's really easy then to simplify it because if Klopp says with um, with Firmino and says it with quite a lot of confidence, yeah, he's not going to maybe be there today. But Sunday, yeah, we're not seeing any issues in regards to that. But there's a difference there. Gomez mm-hmm. and Oxley Chamberlain. It was like, oh yeah, maybe a. Well, Gomez is like, oh, yeah, a month, something like that. Yeah. With Oxley Chamberlain, it was a few months. That's mm-hmm. what they said. Yeah. yeah. The difference between the space of time span of five days versus five weeks. Yeah, I hear you. But what I'm saying is, yeah, so I don't, I will, I will not, no, I will not be alarmed if he's on the bench or if Klopp decides to start him, but I will be shocked if he plays a full 90. I think Bobby starts. Fair enough. Okay. I think I... To take into consideration, I, I, I do appreciate what you're saying, Horenda, in terms of time difference, but there is a precedent set, not just with Liverpool, but any team in the Premier League now where injuries are not reported the way that they actually are. And obviously there are different reasons for you don't you don't want to disclose how players are coming into it or whether they're tactically going to be involved in a game. But I think also with us being top of the league, if you look at, you know, Manchester City, they're also playing this game. The likes of whether, you know, Fernandinho is out for long periods of time. I, th- I think that comes into it as well. There, there's a tactical side of it in just playing that side of the game as well. Do, do you not think? In this, in this particular instance, kind of not. Overall, yes, I agree with you. There's, there's no way anybody can deny that people won't give a tactical advantage to any team in regards to an extent of an injury. But, again, from the press conference notes and also everything that's been said, it doesn't seem to be the case with Bob this time around. Okay, well, you know what? This is a good debate and we're going to wait and see what <laughs> happens on Sunday. You know, this is it. Da, da, da. I'm going to be waiting for a told you so message from Harinder on Sunday when Roberta Firmino is actually in the starting Listen, 11. Kauza, it's, it's Goodison. I'll send it at three o'clock. You'll get it at seven. <laughs> yeah, this is very true. This is very true. You know, the wood it just affects all signals over there. Right. You know, Kwesi's been really quiet. So I'm going to let Kwesi weigh in on what you guys have said on who does he start. So Kwesi, I will let you have the final word. And then we've got an awesome question from Ollie Chuck LFC, which I will bring up to the panel next. Nice one. <clears throat> I, I wonder to myself with in terms of who should start because we know that Clough, Klopp has proven himself to be a serial liar in those press conferences. I mean, the only thing is that he tends to lie. Is it Mourinho, Mourinho would lie to, to big up himself and to self-angradize himself. But Klopp will lie to protect his team, to protect his team tactics, things like that. So who knows? Um we just have to wait and see it. If I had to choose, it would be Bobby. Simply because I'm still... First of all, let me take this opportunity to curse Ramiro Funes Mori forever and ever. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yep. But si- since then, uh, Divock has not been able to keep the ball with his back to the goal. He's not been able to make it stick. And for a guy that size, he, he, playing... Among the front three, you would want that ability, you know. You want that ability to come back. And as we know, Bobby has that in spades. He not only takes the ball, he tends to find a way to turn and wreak havoc. And because of that, it would always be Bobby. Even Bobby in with one and a half feet, still Bobby for me. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I had to say. It was all about Origi today for me. I, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised by his performance. And of course, I think um, I think Fabinho is coming along, and if he stays fit, will be a legend for us. 
For sure, for sure. Well, Kwesi, thank you so much for your question. Yeah, man, you don't know. Everybody have a good day, yeah? We will. And all all better after speaking to you, Kwesi. Have a good one and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you so much. Up the reds. Up the reds. Okay, so that was Kwesi Davis, and he's absolutely spot on. I think it's nice that, you know, I think, you know, Origi does deserve a lot of credit and a lot of, you know, bigging up there because what, one thing that we worried about is when Roberto Firmino goes out, you kind of think, oh, the front three, the front, um, the attack is not going to look the same. He does all the grafting around behind them, et cetera, et cetera. But there are some discussions now and talks. More chatter is with Tadiva. He will play Origi. Gags is like, no way. Klopp ignores um, Bobby. This is true. It is his most his go-to guy in a sense, in an attacking sense. So, you know, uh, Rowan has come in and said, apparently Roberto Firmino was very close to being fully fit tonight. So another person in agreement with Harinda there. Okay, so the question from Oli took LFC. This is, you know, the suspense has been building up. So he wants to know from you two awesome gents, what did the panel think of Sadio playing up front tonight with more playing wide right? Discuss. Right, so Tadiva, I'm going to come to you first on this one because... You know, he's the man that opened up the scoring, but he was so effective and so um, threatening. And um, I want to get your thoughts on this because you said something and I have to agree with you. When I saw Origi's name on the team sheet, I thought he was going to play central. And I thought it was it was quite an element of surprise to see that little bit of shift and change. And um, I thought the combination of um, Mosala's pace out wide and just Sadio Mane just harrowing in the box and just... You know, just being a little pocket rocket was absolutely sensational. Some of the build-up play between them two was pretty impressive as well. And I think the reason why a lot of... I mean, I want to get your thoughts on this, but I feel like a lot of Liverpool fans really enjoyed this and enjoyed the element of surprise in this is because the attack against Manchester United looked really, really, um, I don't know, meh. You know, like they didn't even try switching sides. There was just nothing about them. Largely down to the fact that the fullbacks were hot fired today, but I want to get your thoughts on, you know, what did you make of Sadio Mane playing in the middle and Le- Jurgen Klopp sort of fle- being a bit flexible with the attackers? Yeah, it was, you know, you, you, you did mention that it was a pleasant surprise for Liverpool fans, but I think mm. it was a horrible surprise for yes, Javi Garcia and his team. Um, if, if you, you know, if you're looking an hour before the kick. Oh, God, who was the fullback against Mosala? Was it Messina? Oh, he had a horrible game. He, mm-hmm. he, I mean, poor them because you're looking at that, um, you're looking at that lineup and you've definitely got Origi as the focal point and you can imagine their team talk is centered around that. And then all of a sudden you have the pace of money up front, which I thought really, really helped us. And it, it wasn't even that necessarily money was solely a striker. It, it seemed like that false nine role where, he had the license to drop deep and there was that fluidity. Um, but I have to give a shout out before I carry on to Leanne Prescott, who is the, one of the co- mm-hmm. co-hosts of the writer's pod. She was on Redman TV this, um, this past week. Uh, she was doing the preview for the Watford game and she had a feeling that Mane was going to be the key player for us this game. And mm-hmm. it's something that I hadn't really thought about too much, but he seems to be you know, rising to the occasion every time we have questions about who in that front three should be stepping up. Um, we all know Mane. I mean, we all know Salah by default is the one that we expect to step up. But mm-hmm. low-key, Mane has had a, quite a quite a good season in terms of big yes. moments. Yeah. So, so credit credit to that. Um, I, I really enjoyed his performance up top today. I think. He, the freedom of him being able to express himself anywhere on the field really benefited him today, especially against the Wolf side where they've got two really, really strong and capable defensive midfielders in Kapua and Decore. And then they've got maybe, in inverted commas, slower centre-backs in Mariapa and Cathcroft, whatever that name is. Um, so he was able to play in between the two of them in that little hole and I thought it benefited him a lot more. And I thought um, just the, the element of surprise that, that Klopp brought to the team, that inventiveness really, really helped Mane excel in this game. And it it was just 
really good to see. And he was deadly in the box on two occasions, right? And showing just how threatening he is, and not only scoring with the header, but then that ridiculous, filthy goal. The thing for me, though, is <laughs> I remember I was messaging my my friend and he's an Arsenal fan, so he was obviously watching the Arsenal game. But mm. when I mentioned that Mane scored the, the, the header at the beginning, he asked, oh, was it, a, was it a diving header or was it a header falling onto the ground? Because Mane's goals always seem to be him off balance or him yes. falling onto the ground. Yes. And I was like, no, it was a genuine header where <laughs> he jumped up and, and banged it into the yeah. top corner. So that was a pleasant surprise. And then the audacity of the finish for the second oh. one, it, it reminded me of something that you would do in training. Mm. You would not do that in, in, in a Premier League game where you're top of the league and, and are expected to win a game at home because that's a very, very cheeky finish. So it, it, was, it showed composure and it, it, it showed good mentality from, from the player himself. So I'm glad he got the goal. I'm, I'm happy that the goals are being shared around the team. We, we don't want Salah to be the only one that's scoring goals and long may, may that continue where we're sharing the goals. For sure. You know, let's let's give them the opposition and their defenders, you know, more headaches and, you know, what they can cope with rather than just thinking that they can nullify and snuff out more Salah because then we become a one-trick pony. Harinda, I'm going to come to you. I want to get your thoughts on Sadio Mane and Salah's play today and, um, you know, the goals as well. And he could have scored a fair few more. He was really hungry today. <laughs> I think Mane was on one, right? Yeah. Um, he was a pocket rocket go, today, let's be oh, honest. Yeah, he's brilliant. So, if we go back a few seasons, remember Liverpool against Tottenham and we beat them 2-0, Mane gets two quick goals. Yes. Okay. Doesn't play quite centrally, but the goals are li- literally banging in the middle. Yeah? And then, mm. the p- positionally, they're not too far off. I haven't got any heat maps or kind of... Um, positioning maps but the goals seem to be in similar kind of positions i middle of the goal and they're towards the yeah they're not going left or right they're going literally towards the middle of the goal in regards to get the ball into the back of the net and if you're Watford or you're Ben Foster I think I said this in the discord chat that Ben Foster wants to go home so when it's 2-0 look on his face was like going I'm going to get roasted again today it's all going to happen to me again today. Um, and credit where credit's due, Foster didn't, did seem to like wake up a little bit, and so did Watford after being 2-0 down. But clearly, they couldn't stay awake for the whole match because it finished 5-0. The travesty is that Salah didn't score the 50th goal of, season of his um, Liverpool career. Come on, Mo. I mean, just just people just let him score. You know, you're getting you, you're losing two 0 You're Watford. You know, you're probably going to get smashed. If he got a goal and it finished six 0 would it have really hurt you that much? When you when you probably thought and you could have envisaged, you know what, previous season five 0 previous season to that six one, and then you know today you're thinking, oh, it's two 0 It's probably going to finish five or six 0 anyway. Just let him score. Mm. Do you know what? That's what we need to do. Everyone sticks in a, a change.org petition these days. I'm going to put one in for Everton should let Mo Salah score the 50th goal at Goodison, just for shits and giggles and a bit of needle. And a bit of needle. Well, I'm just going through the chat now, and Gag said that on the previous show, he did say Marnie would be an option in terms of um, a central striker. So shout out to Gags. You know, these people, they know their shit. He so, must have had a GT before getting on with GD. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Oh, we can butcher that and call it the GG to the TD. <laughs> Just mix up their names. Okay, that was not very funny, but I found it amusing in my little head. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tumbleweed just blows across. Okay, guys, so I think I think we've spoken there a lot about the the attackers there and I have to agree it was nice to have an element of surprise because that was the one thing that really frustrated me against Manchester United the fact that there was no element of surprise when it wasn't working they weren't doing anything so clearly they worked on something this you know these past couple oh, of days there was an element of surprise you know we were surprisingly bad <laughs> oh god it was awful you know what I'm just so glad that we have something positive to talk about today and you know the winning way okay so we we've kind of discussed the strikers there and um, we'll Subscribers, if you've got any questions, please type them in. We will use them as discussion points. But let's carry on talking. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to jump to the next good performer and, um, and then we'll talk about fullbacks and things. And I've got to give a shout out to, um, let's talk about our, our DM. 
in Fabinho because Kwesi mentioned him and um, I think Rowan goes, he's absolutely amazing as well. Further up in the chat, I cannot be bothered to scroll. I did biceps and triceps today. My arms hurt. I cannot scroll up and down the screen. So you know what? Um, Quest, um, so Kwesi brought, the, um, brought a little point up regarding um, Fabinho. So you know what, Harinda, I'm going to stick with you because my God, as great as the attack were and they were and as great as our defence were and they were and they even chipped in with the scoring, that man is an absolute shield. I mean, did you see him? Was it in the first half when he tracked back and went back and like just took the player out? I mean, like, I was just like, yes. And not only does he like defend like Mascherano, but he has this vision of playing this ball and, you know, trying to get an attack on. He's just ma majestic. I love him. So, um, your thoughts? Uh, do you know what? Here's a spoiler for you. In end game, when Captain America goes for his shield, Fabinho turns up. It's like that, <laughs> literally like that. You know what? Oh shit! Oh, we're in a fight situation. Where's my shield? Oh, there he is, and you see his fab smiley face right there, gnarling across anybody. It, it was a really angry performance overall by Liverpool, but it's one that we needed them. We needed them to show the emotion of being really pissed off at what happened at the weekend in the way that we performed how we've been in regards to being um, my, my favourite word of the season so far, profligate, you know, at times, and being in the position that we're in. It's good to see them angry, but Fabinho exemplified the anger, but in a composed way, i.e., fuck off, I'm not letting you get past me, and you can do one too. Oh, where did you come from? Well, I'll take you as well. Um, you know, sometimes you get those really... <laughs> I could probably do this as well. You get those really funny gifts where you get one man and he's attacking everything that comes near him. Stick Fabinho's head on that gif because that's Fabinho today. Yeah. Yes. And then to add to that, he's got great balls. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, passing a football, nothing else. Um, Yes, this is a family show, people. It, it was never a family yeah. show. Steve, 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 Steve Keaton's daughter listens. All right, Steve listens. We are a family show. Have you noticed I've not sworn? Uh, <laughs> give it time, love. <laughs> as, soon as, they named, <laughs> as soon as they named you host of this show, it stopped becoming a family show. Ever. Ever. This is true. Ever. Uh, ever. But yeah, I, I think Fabinho was absolutely amazing today. Positionally brilliant. I think I even said it again in our beautiful Discord group that we were playing like a team possessed and we were playing like a team who wanted to get the second ball. Mm. Yeah, we were up for everything, nabbing away everything, nipping at everything, not letting things progress. And if they did progress, fine. back. You had Mo Salah running back, second half, running back, you know, like chasing a ball down and getting towards the 18-yard box or of our 18-yard our box to track a defender. So it's track one of... Um, Watford's attackers and he wasn't exactly as if he was going you know half pelted he was going full pace I was like wow just wow you just mm -hmm. look at that you're like going this team does not want to give up the position that we're in at top of the league yeah yeah lots been said about our metal in inverted commas and that we're bottlers and this person shut the bed this thing and that thing and everything else um people's courage is being talked about and they've been called cowards at times you know mm. all these things come out and they're not very savory things to be said i know my good friend cam branch had a rant on his show about it i'm not going to rant like him but just think about it for a second if we're calling our own players cowards in no matter what form or shape that takes what have we become if we don't have respect for our team even if it is away from anfield Because this is a team that doesn't deserve that. What they need right now is the gumption that we can give them, which they use today. Because our crowd was up for it. And people were saying to me, it's going to be a bit empty today at Anfield. It didn't appear it to me. And it didn't sound as if they were empty either. So they can do that on a midweeker. Yeah. Food for thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, w with games against Manchester United and, you know, it being so tense and, you know, when you look at the injuries that they had, I think, you know, I think every Liverpool fan who was angry had every right to be angry. I think, you know, I think what we need to do is stop 
calling people for, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't like stupid statements like clop out and things, yeah? But I think if you're frustrated, you have every right to be frustrated. If you're calm, fair fucks to you, you, you be calm. You know, it's it's each to their own. Um, but it's just one of them things. And, uh, you know, Gags is now saying it's clear that Jurgen Klopp did not want to lose at the old toilet. Um, I, I agree. It was evident that he was playing for a draw there. Tadiva, I'm, I'm, Tadiva, I'm going to come to you now. I want to get your thoughts on Fabinho because what I thought really helped as well was um, the midfield balance was pretty good today. I thought Milner was like... Very good. I thought Ginny, um, I thought Ginny Wanialdum had a very good game. I thought the midfield balance was, you know, it, it complemented each other. I think this is probably why managers get paid the big bucks because I, I remember distinctly before the game, I even mentioned in the Discord um, game chat, with, um, just as the team sheets were, were brought out, I, I mentioned that this isn't the midfield that I would have gone with. But then I, I also... Um, stated that if, you know if, if we're able to get the three points with this specific team out there, then you got to give credit to Klopp. And if we're not able to get the three points, then questions have to be asked. And that that's something that seems to be lost um, at the moment in terms of if we win a game, then everything is okay. If we lose a game, then you're not allowed to mention anything. And as as you said, people obviously have a right to cheer and to question depending on the result. I, I think that's a fair assessment, as long as they're being reasonable with yeah. the critiques. Mm. Um, but in, in games like this, where I, I thought Milner, having played you know, right back over the weekend, having to go up and down the pitch the whole game, mm. can he contribute as much physically into this game? And you know, maybe he's not adding the attacking flair that we might want, but he still got that experience to put his body where it needs to be. I remember him winning some really, really clever experience fouls in, in, in their half of the pitch, which helped us, you know, progress our football. So um, credit to Klopp in, in trusting the players first and foremost, and then also uh, in, in able to, relate to them the message that he wanted them to execute and then the players executing that. I think the biggest difference for us this game, and it was personified by Fabinho's performance, was there was a distinct change in the mentality of the players between what happened at at Old Trafford and what happened in this game. Um, as Gag said, you know, there was a distinct understanding. It mm. might not have been with the players, maybe it was with the players, but Clearly, there was an understanding that we can't lose this game at Old Trafford. Let's go in and make sure that at the end of this game, we still have that one-point advantage at the top of the league. And then having the confidence in your team to say, if we draw at Man United, okay, we'll only be one point ahead. But I have confidence in you guys that the rest of the season, you can hold out and still win the title. Whereas another manager, we've seen... You know, we've seen recently in 13-14 a season where Brendan Rodgers was manager. And in the Chelsea game against Mourinho, Rodgers clearly had that mentality of we're the best team in the league and we're going to show it mm. on this specific day. And we end up going and losing the game and, you know, our season unravels, whether it unravels at Crystal Palace or at Chelsea, the narrative that's still that at Chelsea is where it unraveled. So maybe Klopp has learned from that. Maybe Klopp, through his experience, has noticed that, okay, there's some games where you don't necessarily have to win. You just have to not lose. But just make sure that the games that you need to win, you do win. And we've done that today. So I don't see how we can really complain too much about the execution. If you look at both games as a whole, um, and I think it's summed up perfectly in Fabinho's performance. He was everywhere today. I thought defensively he was covering us. Um, there were a few times where he had to come back and be that last defender that was putting in tackles and blocking crosses coming into the box and just brushing you know players off the ball. And the the really good thing about Fabinho for me is once he brushes off a player off a ball and he has the ball you know in his possession, he's not just looking at passing, you know, a simple pass. He's looking forward and looking for an incisive pass. So it's almost like there's a switch that happens in his head of, okay, I'm the defensive player, I'm the number six. I need to make sure that we don't concede here. And then the moment we have the ball, he automatically switches to, 
how are we going to best score a goal? And that is very unique for a player in midfield. Usually you either have one or the other, and he seems to have both. So I, I do appreciate that intelligence in midfield, and, and it's it's good to see that he's able to execute that in this team. No, for sure. And Rowan just wrote something further up. Again, my arms hurt. I can't scroll, but he goes, everyone had a very good game. It was like eights and nines throughout and a couple of tens. I think a lot of people have to agree. And he's just laughing because uh, my arms are very sore, people. Very sore. Okay, so we spoke about the midfield there. I mean, Harinda, um, I want to get your thoughts on, on the midfield three combo before we move on. And we'll talk about our fullbacks. They were very good today. I liked mm-hmm. it. Um, I was surprised that we didn't get to see Cater, uh, but then given the comments again of Klopp, believe or don't believe case in regards to Navi Cater was ill yesterday. Um, so when he didn't start, I wasn't too annoyed or I wasn't feeling this element of, oh, okay, you know, there was a, a reasonable um, excuse, mm. I suppose, for want of a better word, as to why Cater didn't start. But then when you've got Ginny, you've got Milner, and then you've got Fabinho. You are left thinking, okay, who who's going to push forward? Who's going to do? Who's going to attack? Who's going to stay back? And the midfield kept us guessing. And I think that was the best part today in this 5-0. Sometimes you see Ginny going forward. Sometimes you see Ginny's in the back. Sometimes you see Fabinho going forward. You see Milner going towards the front and attacking as well with purpose. And the great thing was... They were picking up all the loose balls as well. I think that's something me and you have had a conversation about this, haven't we, in the past? Yeah, absolutely. I hate it when we don't. Um, Mm. But it was great to see that Trent had Milner in front of him at Mm. any point in time as well. So there was this constant, I suppose, appearance of the pair of them on the wings. And you're like, going, oh, great. And they could feed off each other. And Milner would give the ball to Trent. And Trent, off he goes like a rocket, you know? Um, the supporting cast of the midfield by Trent today deserves a, a standing round of applause. It's like as if, if, you know what, the weekend was the Oscars. I'd give an Oscar to Trent for playing that role today. Yeah, he was he amazing. Was, well, just, you bought just, it. Oh, yeah. just, I've not seen anything like that from Trent in a long time. Mm. You know, and that's probably because of the games that he's missed. But he's always had it in him, right? Whereby he can mm. be an absolute d- demon in regards to his crossing and in regards to his tenacity. But today, for it to come up in the way that it did with the triple assist, you know, it sounds like he did an ice skating move. Triple assist. <laughs> by Trent Alexander-Arnold. And then you just see the panel of judges all giving yeah. full marks. Um, I'd give him full marks, the gold medal, everything you want. Because yeah. without him, I don't think, a lot would have functioned. It's very, very true. It's very true. And you know what? I'm glad you mentioned Trent Alexander. And I'm going to go over to um, Tadiva now. Tadiva, I think Harinda just hit the nail on the head. Isn't it amazing what happens when... I think the fullbacks really helped the midfield in the sense that they really expanded out the play. You know, they were, they were using the channels. They were explosive. They were attacking. And the service to our front men was... Um, Pretty much impeccable today, and that was largely down to our fullbacks. But let's focus on the guy first in, in Trent Alexander Arnold. You know, first game back after, um, I think it, you know, he didn't play against Manchester United, and of course, Thingy played. What's his face? Um, James Milner probably didn't have the best game, but it's not his position. But he came, he announced himself, he was hungry. That that competition he's got with Robertson in terms of who can get more assists, he was up for it with the games that he missed. Talk to me about it. Yeah, I think Trent had an awesome game. And, and the important thing for us, it seems, just purely on this game, um, and maybe a little bit of influence from games that we've seen recently, is that we have to get creativity linking up our the rest of our team to our front three. Whether it's coming from midfield or it's coming from our wing backs, it has to come from somewhere. Mm. We, we We can't be a team that plays long balls to our front three and just hopes for magic. Um, there has to be that link-up play. And if if it, we just have to have a team or a lineup that allows for either of the two to, to happen, and maybe over the weekend at United it seemed to be, you know, not quite clicking in terms of there was no link-up in midfield and there was no link-up on the on the fullbacks. So that's where we probably struggled. But in this game, distinctly, you know, 
Trent and Robbo definitely had the license to bomb forward and be that link-up player. And we saw, especially on that right-hand side where TAA was and, and Salo was, was that Pereira did not have the appetite to trap back, track back. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of space for Trent. And if there's a lot of space for your fullback, you want it to be a player that's very comfortable on the ball, a player in Trent Alexander-Arnold who... We can never forget he was very comfortable playing in midfield in, you know, the under 21s, the under 19s and going lower down in the, in, in the pecking order. So he's someone that's very comfortable with the ball. He knows what to do with the ball. He's, he doesn't feel pressure with the ball at his feet, which is very unique for a fullback. You wouldn't expect your fullbacks to be one of the better players with the ball at their feet. So it adds a really, really key element to our game and, I thought that came to fruition today. And also in that, it then allows the likes of Salah, I know he didn't score today, but it still allows him to be more dangerous when their team is now looking at Trent Alexander-Arnold and saying, okay, we can't afford him too much space. And if you can't afford our right back too much space, you're definitely giving way too much space for our right winger. And that's our most dangerous player. So it, it just opens up the field so much more for us and, you know, we have to be cautious, and I'm sure, I know Gags has mentioned this quite a few times during this past week, and that Trent has come back from injury, so we have to expect him to be rotated out of the team every now and then. Um, we, we just have to hope that when he is rotated out of the team, maybe Klopp puts more emphasis on the creativity in midfield. Mm-hmm. And then the games when Trent is back in the team, then maybe he can... It, it, for me personally, it seems like you can work that rotation a bit better to to accommodate who is on the pitch, and then and then we'll see how how far that takes us. Yep. Okay. Um, I've got a question here from Rowan, and he wants to know: Can Trent take all the corners and set pieces pretty much when he's playing? Um, guys, of course, you know we look threatening on those today as well with Trent back. Um, is that an absolute yes from you two? Yes, please. <laughs> no hesitation. <laughs> but they were so good. They were so good. How can we say? That? Yeah. You know everything that we slagged off Liverpool for on the post match show against Manchester United. Our defenders need to be more threatening in the box. You know, we miss Martin Scott. I think Gags mentioned it on their preview as well, but we mentioned it on the Nina Carter show as well. Uh, Virgil van Dijk's like, hold my beer, bitches. Oh. Yeah, and he's absolutely killed it. And we said we look so shit on set pieces, which we did against Manchester United. Liverpool are just answering their critics. They certainly did that today. So, um, yep, um, I'd have him on set pieces as well. I think I have a stat here from Ollie Chuck, and he goes, Trent Alexander-Arnold is up to six assists for the season and Robbo's on eight. I also saw a stat on Opta, Opta Joe, I believe, and... Um, the stat goes a little something like Trent Alexander-Arnold is the youngest ever player to assist three goals in a single Premier League game. He's 20 years old and 143 days. Amazing. I mean, that is like incredible. So I'm really happy for him. What a way to come back um, firing and, you know, all ready for that Merseyside derby. Let's talk about the other fullback as well. I mean... He had a, I mean, Tadeva, I'll come to you first because I thought Delafue had, you know, as... He had quite a good game, you know. Anything that was happening in, for them in terms of an attacking sense, it was him. And I felt like, you know, Robertson really had his work cut out with him. I want to get your thoughts on this. But, of course, he, he did get two assists, I believe, today. Psychologically, I don't know. Maybe you could ask that. Can Dini ever play against a Virgil van Dijk team after that interview at the beginning of the season? Because he, he mentioned <laughs> that van Dijk is the one defender he doesn't want to play against. And... As, as you mentioned, um, Delafer had little pockets of space and he, and he was trying to be inventive and, and he, he was trying to work something out, but it just seemed like he was on his own up front. I, I don't know mm. how you felt about Dini's performance. I think because Delafer is the roaming of the, of the two, I think he needs to feed off Dini and Dini was non-existent. How did you see? I thought that influenced um, Delafer's performance. Yeah, um, I did feel like um, Troy Dini was very, very absent in, in that game, in a sense. And um, 
Yeah, it's it's a funny one because um, I have actually heard in the past, I have heard like strikers talk about defenders that, you know, they don't like playing against or, you know, that they respect. And one that always stuck out for me was um, Dal Piero always used to rave on about Paolo Maldini saying he's the greatest defender, but he makes me a good striker in a sense that I am playing against the best, so I have to up my game. Now, I'm not saying Del Piero really got the best of Paolo Maldini. I don't think many people do get the best out of, you know, against Paolo Maldini. But to me, yeah, he was very much anonymous. I don't know if he's jinxed, him, jinxed himself there, but I can't really answer that one. I just think um, positionally, Virgil van Dijk is just incredible and just knew how to mark him. I think also he's a bit of a... I don't mean to body shame Harinda, but he's not the quickest, right? So, you know, I think he might be able to have a mark on him much easier. I think when you're impacted by the smells in your environment, there is nothing you can do. Did he say he smelled nice? <laughs> That's what Troy Dini said, right? He goes, I fucking hate Virgil van Dijk. He's big, he's tall, he smells nice. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I wonder what I wonder what aftershave he wears. <laughs> but leave, leaving his manly smells aside, <laughs> I, I just think Troy Deeney was absolutely shit today. You could tell the difference when Andre Gray came on, mm. um, and the one time they managed to um, fool the offside trap, they got one shot off, and Alison was there. God bless Alison. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Her, her deep um, uh, Bamra um, wanted to give a shout out there to Alison because, again, you know, that's why you pay big money for a goalkeeper. I absolutely. And, you know, like, he keeps his clean sheet. Mm. That's what you know. Um, but Dini never did anything like that today. And Delafay, what I found really interesting with Watford was there were times where the ball go towards the centre, um, would go beyond James Milner or go beyond Andy Robertson. And mm. they'd look, and then you, you're like, one thinks the other will get it, the other thinks the other will get it, but neither gets it and Delafayug is there. I found that slightly worrying, slightly worrying, not too much, because obviously when you win 5-0, there's not much to be worried about. Um, but it was something that I picked up on. I don't know if anybody else did. I don't know if you did to deal because it was just the odd time the ball goes, you're like, going, come on, why don't you guys get it? And then you just let it carry on to the a Watford player. I'm like, going, we could have stopped that. Why haven't we stopped that? You know, why, why give them even the sniff? So, I don't know. Um, but, let's face it. Once it's, a blue, mm. always a fucking blue, right? Mm-hmm. But it was uh, nice to see Robertson get to assist because, again, he didn't have, like, the best game against um, Manchester United. Oh, bless him. Mm. Um, he hasn't been a fabulous form of late, which mm. is true. So it's nice to see him return with a swan song to how he normally should be. I has, think his, has his partner had a child yet? Yeah, yeah, I was a, I was a bit back, right? It was a few mm. weeks ago, if not a month ago at least. Oh, okay. She's definitely had the child. Mm. Um, but I think both fullbacks showed today that they can inspire each other. Trent would have looked at the things that have been going on in his absence and thought, all right, when I was playing, before I got injured, I'm, I may not have been true to my best form either. And I don't want to lose my spot. And he was immense today. Mm. Absolutely immense. Then you've got Andrew Robertson looking at that going, well, look, my partner on the other side is doing really, really well. I can't let the side down. I mean, look at the whole team working for each other and, and being there. And then you sit there and think even more so, a small psychological game this may be, Andy Robertson sits there and thinks, right, okay. I need to set up my game. I need to make sure I'm not missing out. I'm not doing things that aren't working great. And lo and behold, two assists later, thank you very much. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Absolutely. Okay, right. We need to move on to the defenders. I thought Joel Matip had a really good game um, in a sense that that one time when uh, Virgil van Dijk was slightly caught out of um, position, um, Matip was there to clean it up. But let's talk about the man that smells gorgeous because he can score goals as well. And it was just great to see him have so much fun and joy in the box. He was threatening. He was deadly. Guys, talk to me about it um, uh, because... Fucking hell. Uh, I think it was just like adding insult to injury to Diva. Um, but Virgil van Dijk, it's great to see him hit him on target because he doesn't shy away from them. Neither does Matip, actually. They're always in the box. <laughs> they fancy themselves. 
They're always there, but they never seem to put them in. <laughs> when you're craving Martin's girdle. <laughs> when, when you look at how dominant, not just Virgil, but Matip as well, how dominant yeah. they are at winning headers, it, it baffles me how they fail to score a, a, as many goals as I feel like they should. Um, so it's always good when, when they come up and, and score goals. So it, it was a credit to them in terms of, you know, maybe having better set pieces being put into the box with Alexander Arnold's ones or, um, I don't know, whatever they want to attribute it to. But at least they were getting into the position with the ball in the net and having the fortune of putting it in as well. So it, it was really, really a breath of fresh air. As I mentioned earlier, where I was talking about having goals coming from all over the pitch. It's something we saw in 13-14. I think Skirtle got an, an enormous amount of goals. Um, there were people pitching up with goals all around the field. And e- even if you look at, you know, we, we don't like to say it, and especially not off the weekend, we don't like to say, you know, but if you look at United teams over the past years when they win leagues, you have the random Makeda goals that come out of nowhere and maybe you can equate that to the Rigi goal at Everton and then you have defenders coming in and scoring goals. They're coming from everywhere, not just your main goal scorers or your main front three. And if Virgil van Dijk is adding goals in there, I think Matip needs to get a few goals in there as well and then maybe some of you from, from midfield chip in with one or two. Then that helps you with, with the title challenge. Um for me, I, I, I did make a note um, in saying that, yes, Virgil got the goals today and, and they were very good goals and, and it's something we want to see more. But for me, the better defender was Matip, I thought. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think he's really grown into this position and I think it's helped him that Lovren hasn't been there and Gomez hasn't been there as well as, as challengers because... When you look at Klopp's teams, you know specific players that are going to play regardless of form. You, you know Firmino is going to play, and, and we had this discussion earlier. And, and I premised my starting Origi thing based on because of the injury to Firmino, not because of talent or not because yes. of form. Because mm-hmm. even if Firmino's out of form, he's going to start. It's yes. the fact of a Klopp team. Yes. And it seems to me, even if a Lovren or a Gomez are out of form, they're going to start ahead of Matip next to Van Dijk. That's just how it appears. That's how the president seems to show. So Matip has had this time where there's no dispute. No matter how bad he plays or how well he plays, he was going to start purely because we didn't have anyone else to start. And it seems to me that he's played as well. He's played himself into form. And I'm hoping that this continues and he gets a reward for this in in that as soon as Matip or Gomez, um, I mean, as soon as Lovren or Gomez are fit, they don't necessarily get shoved in unnecessarily. Um, maybe they get eased in and then obviously they could, they can always take over if, if their form is better than Matip's. But I think he's earned his right to be the defender next to Virgil van Dijk at the moment. Um, and I think also Herinda mentioned earlier in terms of allowing some of the second or third balls going to a Watford player opposed to maybe one of our players getting to them. I, I don't know if, if, if he thinks, and, and I'm sure he can answer this better than I can, but I, I don't know if he thinks that maybe Matip is more similar to a Van Dyke player in that they're more comfortable with being on the back foot and allowing the striker or the forward player to have the ball and I, I'm relying on my talent to get a tackler in or being positionally, you know, better than them. And opposed to, let's say, a Lovren where if there's a 50-50 ball, Lovren's 100% going for it. And sometimes that's not always the best thing to do and he gets caught out. So, And I know Van Dijk does it a lot. We saw it a few times in this game. If if you watch this game back where Delafeu gets a ball and it's a 50-50 ball, Van Dijk, which he's shown he's got pace. He can clearly get to this ball and it's it's debatable whether or not him or Delafeu will reach it first, but he can definitely make an effort to get to it. But Van Dijk will say, you know what, have the ball. I'm going to jockey you and I'm 90% going to get the ball or this season yeah, 100% going to get yeah, the ball. The, things that the problem on his side, on the side, is the other side, left. 
So it's always predominantly on the left side where something drifts towards the left-hand side and goes towards Milner or um, Andy Robertson. And it's like, it goes there and you can see them. Uh, it's just a moment in the second half, it goes towards them and you're like going, one of you two is going to get it, definitely going to get it. Oh, no, you're not. Why? <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, no worries. Um, the, the jockeying thing, yeah, I get that because that happened in um, the second half. The ball, uh, Trent's running with Delafeu and VVD tells Trent which way to take him and they both cover him. And then by the time Delafeu thinks, oh, I'll be able to do something, he realises that, oh shit, I can't get past Virgil van Dijk because Trent has run him down towards the wing, towards the space where he wants him to be. And that's what people used to do to us way back when. It's quite nice to do it to somebody else for a change. <laughs> I do like this revenge of Liverpool. Almost like, you know, where they sit there and remember all the little shitty things that used to happen to them when people either have um, a bus park or shift us into places they wanted us to be and we would run into them mm. willingly. Yeah, doing it back to other teams now seems really good. It feels good as well when you do it to them. And it's something that Nina brought up earlier in Maldini in that he, he always used to say, he was famous for saying, if I have to make a last ditch tackle, it means I made a mistake. I missed it. Yeah, I've, yeah, I made a mistake. Yeah, I love so, that quote, by the way. So maybe, hopefully, I'm, I'm assuming here, but maybe Van Dyke is trying to teach the rest of our team that, that let's put them into positions where we feel comfortable in and, and just shepherd them into it. And then mm. we can always take the ball off them opposed to having to make slide tackles. Um, it, it's, it's something I'm not used to, um, as, as you've mentioned or hinted to, Harinda, where I, I would prefer someone just getting the ball and, and making me a lot more calmer watching a game. But maybe it's something that we're going to have to grow as fans to, to appreciate or, or, or learn. For sure, for sure. Okay, guys, we are nearing the end. You know what, guys? We're going to do Man of the Match. You can pick anyone and there'll be zero complaints from me you know so let's go with it so um i will come to harinda first harinda who was your man of the match adam lalana and you, you <laughs> <for it. laughs> i just realized i was I ready for what, it i completely forgot he won the free kick for the fourth goal <laughs> <laughs> i it completely bypassed me that it was him who won it as well <laughs> i'm joking it has to be trent it really does Yep, okay. Yeah. It's Trent Alexander-Arnold for three assists and just showing us what we've been missing. Indeed. Come with the man, come with the hour, as they say, or come with the hour, come with the man. However, whichever way around it is. Yeah, I'm sure somebody will correct me on Discord any minute now. Um, but Trent delivered on a night yeah. where people were already nervous because of what happened prior in regards to certain matches and draws and things like that. He just came, he goes, I'm here to fuck their shit up. And he did fantastically. Great. Uh, hmm. Okay, so Trent Alexander-Arnold, there's a few people agreeing with you. Ollie Tuck is saying, yep, Trent Alexander-Arnold for me, super delivery, three assists. Um, and, um, oh gosh, Niash D-A-Q, Trent um, is his man of the match as well. N-Y Ashtak. Gosh, so honestly. Sorry, I'm not wearing glasses. Why? NY Ashtag. Ah, NY Ashtag. Ashtag. Yeah. I think it's a play on NASDAQ. Or NASDAQ, uh, however you say it, sorry. You know, why can't you just have frigging normal names? Why'd you do this? You troll me on fucking pur- purpose, more like NASDAQ. Right, got you. Right, anyway, Tadiva, I'm getting sidetracked here. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with, with everyone in the chat and her in, the, in saying Trent Alexander-Arnold, a.k.a. future captain of Liverpool. Um, he had a great game. He came in and showed us what we were missing on the weekend. And as a defender, you always want them to get the clean sheet, but then to get three assists as well is just ridiculous. So well played to him. I have to agree with everyone here. Trent Alexander-Arnold as well, because um, not only did he... I'm not being funny. It just shows how threatening our attack looked with our full backs. And, you know, today they were hot fire and the young, you know, 
at the age of 20, getting three assists um, just shows exactly what we need, what we've been missing. And I am so happy for the lad as well. And that kind of performance and you've got those arseholes next door as your next game. You know, that is exactly the fire and motivation one needs. So bring it on. Um, right, guys, that is pretty much us done for this NKS. Thank you so much for listening. We're so much more upbeat. We're enjoying this still on top sod man city and their soft penalty i don't want to go there we're very happy but before i let my awesome guests go have they got anything to plug to diva you're a busy guy these days come on yeah um i know we've got a fantasy pod coming up this week it's going to be interesting because game week 31 is coming up where there are not a lot of teams playing so whether or not to use your wild card or use some of the chips you have left or if you have none left, like some of the people in the group chat, um, how, how you're going to work out towards that game week. And then also a shout out to the wrestling podcast. Um, I featured on there for the previous pay-per-view. I may be on there. Um, the next pay-per-view we'll see, but there's a lot of great content and conversations going there. Fabulous stuff, fabulous stuff. And yep, please do check out all of Tadiva's work. He is awesome, regardless of what sport he covers. I'm sure he won't have any clangers on his fantasy points as well. We shall watch and see what he does there. Harinda, what about yourself? Anything to plug? Anything? Um, nothing really upcoming yet. Um, from Plug's perspective, some of the older pods. So go and listen to the previous Desi pod where we asked that perennial question, can you really ever love a mank? You know, <laughs> I think, it, yeah, it, it's, it, it has some interesting answers. Um, in regards to plugs, though, for other people, because I've absolutely taken the complete and utter piss out of him all week, go and listen to the AI main pod. Trev Danny has been gift as many things this week, so he deserves a shout-out, as does Cam and the Sensi, because some of the pod, many people think, is completely irreverent, sorry, irrelevant to um, Liverpool Football Club, but it's part of match culture whereby you will talk shit before a match and post a match and not always talk about football. So it actually mirrors real life much more than many things. So always a cracking pod to listen to every week. Absolutely. Yep. Great chemistry. Well, Rowan just said my best mate is a mank. Not everyone's perfect. Yeah. One gave birth to me. Well, I hear you, Rowan. I know loads of manks and not all of them are all bad. It is what it is. For my part, there is just so much awesome content on AI Pro. Do check it out. Some incredible pods coming your way. Um, do keep it locked on um, AI Pro. There's going to be a raw pod as well, which will be directly after the game. So you can go and listen to that. Keep it on AI as well. There's loads of awesome free content as well. So do check that out. And you know what? For me, my little shout out and my little plug is for, it's not really Liverpool related, but my friend Jonathan Harding has wrote a book. Um, he's just announced it today. It's going to be released pretty soon. I will probably have him on a Media Matters. So subscribers, you know, Keep your ears open for that one. Um, I'm very excited. And once again, I'd like to congratulate him as well. I know he's put a lot of effort into this. And every time he's been on Euro Incision and he keeps saying big things are happening, this is what he was teasing. I'm just so happy for him. So, yep, big shout out to him. And um, for my part, I will be back post Everton. So keep it locked here. And I will catch you in that episode. Till next time. In I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed this pod. A massive thank you to all you subscribers for listening and all your questions. And Cressy Davis. Chins up and up the reds. Podcast Network.